The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Bully Ray and I talk about Monday Night Raw from last night. A 20-year celebration of one of the greatest of all time. That's right, John Cena. And not only do Bully and I talk about Cena, but we have two great guests as well. Our very own Mark Henry shares his memory, especially his retirement speech about John Cena. And then we go to somebody who had some wars with John Cena in the ring. JBL, WWE Hall of Famer, John Bradshaw Layfield, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. John Cena celebrating 20 years of John Cena, hustle, loyalty, and respect. And when we talk about the greatest moments in John Cena's career, Bully, one of those moments is going to be with our very own, that's right, WWE Hall of Famer, world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports. Our tag team partner, Bully, the one and all, and I love what this gentleman is wearing on a Tuesday morning. We bring in Mark Henry. Mark, how are you this morning? Oh, look, look at, at that. that. All right, what's going man. on, Mark? Well, you're not much, man. I was uh, I was very proud to watch the show and see uh, one of our brothers at arms being honored. Um, I have never in my history of pro wrestling seen a show like that one that was centered around one guy and his achievements. Deservingly so. He deserved it. But there are others that I feel like deserve. Undertaker deserves that. Shawn Michaels deserves that. Bret Hart deserves that. Like Andre, I mean, I would I would love to see those kind of like a celebratory show more often. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, and Mark, usually, unfortunately, we get those type of shows when when somebody passes, and like you said, exactly. give the flowers while they're alive. And yeah, it is kind of unique and special to be able to celebrate like we did last night for John Cena. And you know, and I was talking about this with Bully before, but you were there. 
you know, during that whole reign of John Cena, you saw John Cena move up, and then you saw John Cena dominate and be on top of the card, and then you had that moment of all moments with John Cena. So, so let me first ask you: Did you, when you first saw John Cena, Mark, did you see the potential that you were later on going to see with him? Most definitely, and and the first thing that I noticed was was not how he looked because when he came to Louisville, Kentucky as the prototype, um, I mean, I've seen a lot of jacked-up bodybuilder-looking dudes. <laughs> but John is exposed and smart in a way that a lot of wrestlers were not. And I asked him one time, I was like, what did you do before before you got into wrestling? And he said, man, I did everything. Like, I traveled with my family and this. And that was a big part of it. He was exposed. He traveled a lot. And John is brilliant. He's got a damn near photographic memory, never forgets anything, covers everybody else, and loves to be the heavy. John John is a good boss. John John would be a good corporate America Fortune 500 um, executive because he loves and relishes the respect that that brings. So he he acts in kind. Mark, is there anything that you can remember from the night that you did your epic turn with John in the ring that you've never shared with anybody before? Is there any part of the story? whether that's behind the scenes beforehand or afterwards, anything. Did you know it was going to work yeah. as well? It was going as well. It was good as it was going to work. I, I thought so. And I was, I was pumped. And the one thing that Andy, Andy relates to John, there's a spot uh, where, John is on the apron and I look over and he's crying and I couldn't look at him. I was trying my best not to look at him. And then I talked about the, the one thing that escaped me was the WWE championship. John came in and gave me the title. And I said, no, you can't never give anybody anything in wrestling. You got to earn it. You got you got to take it. And I gave it back to him. That was all impromptu. It happened. No, we didn't have to. We didn't have to go over anything. We we professionals. And that was that was something that I never talked about before. But that happened just you know, uh, you know, just organically. You know, Bully and Good I question, were talking. Bro. Look at you. You yeah, should do this for a living. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> but it is a great oh, question because I didn't know. I didn't know that. I mean, good questions and crab cakes, question. right, Bully? Uh, but it is, is, it is great. Go ahead, Bully. But let me follow up with that, Mark. Please. Like, we all know that. You know, we, we go back through the curtain when a segment is over. Most of the time when we go back through that curtain, it's business as usual. We're moving on to the next match. 
we know how the fans felt that night when you got when you did that swerve. You had everybody in the palm of your hands and you stuck that knife deep into everybody's hearts and you twisted it and you pulled it out and then you spit on that wound and threw salt in it, too, which I absolutely loved. But when you came back through the curtain, warm welcome from everybody or business as usual? Hey, there's only uh, two or three times in wrestling where I felt that accomplished. And, and the, the, the first time that I, I was in the ring with The Undertaker, the time that I, I, I won the world championship against Randy Orton at Hell in a Cell, and, and, and that. Those are my top three wrestling moments. Um, but to add to that, Vince was standing at the curtain with his hands out, like, come hug me, you son of a bitch. That was like, and you, you wouldn't think that acceptance means a lot in wrestling. I talked about to Dave, like, you know, Ricky Steamboat was the first person that ever said, man, it's good to see that psychology still exists in our business. And he said, our, as it relates to the match that I had uh, with um, Bill DeMott at the Austin, at, um, uh, at the Pillman show. And I had never been included in. I'd been in the business for four years, five years. And I had never been included in on it. And that was a big, big moment for me. John has had hundreds of those. That's how good he is. I can count on one hand the exceptional moments. Now, I may have a hundred really good moments in pro wrestling that led to me having a Hall of Fame career. But he has had thousands of those and hundreds of exceptional, ground-shattering, dun-dun-dun-dun moments. <laughs> when you hear his music, it says greatness. It says royalty. And Dave, we put together that top 10, our top 10 wrestlers, the first year that I was in with, with Busted Open with Sirius XM. We had to redo it. We got to redo it, man. Because I think Jericho moved up in the top 10, and I think John Cena moved up in the top 10. If I remember correctly, though, Mark, when we first did it, you had John Cena in your top 10. I'm pretty positive of the fact I, that you had. I, you know that, what I did? I did. You did have John Cena in your top 10. And a lot of fans thought you were crazy. But Bully and I were talking about before, like, I don't know. To go back to what you just said, I don't know if I could put together a top 10 John Cena match list. You know, with any other wrestler, I could do that. I don't know if I can do that with Cena because he was big match John. Every match that he was in was big. You know, we talk about CM Punk, right? CM Punk has had a lot of great matches, but maybe the biggest match of his career is when he won that WWE championship against John Cena. It's like if you look at most of the wrestlers that have been around 
from that time period, their biggest match was against John Cena because there was nobody had that aura around him like John Cena did. You just said something right there, Dave, that just popped me. John Cena has had more big moments with other wrestlers in their careers, for their careers, than most people have had in their own. It's true. That is nuts. That is nuts. And you know what? Who 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 do you bump? I want I I, I would hope that the fans would do this because I didn't I didn't want to bump nobody. I I had I had John in mind. But I guarantee you that it's going to be some controversy because the top five, they're not going to move. The next five guys, that's going to change. That's going to change. Jericho is killing the game. Yeah. John Cena has been gone from wrestling. And he's still killing the game. Mark, so, we, we talk. We, we we talk about John. We 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 talk about John's in ring career, and we know how great it was. We know how much he meant to the WWE as an ambassador. We know what he's meant at, to the Make a Wish Foundation, granting six hundred and fifty wishes. But when you're on the road three hundred days a year, the only family we have is each other. Each other is the boys. How did John treat the boys? John could have did the private dressing rooms. John could have big dog people. Said, listen, man, I'm I'm John Cena. (laughs) I'm above you. Listen, this is what we're going to do. No need to go to events. No need to go to the office. I am the office. He had that kind of power. Never used it. Not once. That I saw. Somebody might have pissed him off and he might have, you know, because if I get pissed off, I'm probably going to swing it around so everybody can see. But I've never seen him do it. He could have very easily been an ass. He went out of his way playing games with the boys, joking around. If you have him and Tommy Dreamer and and Christian and Edge and Hornswoggle playing Tommy Ball, like he he was ingrained in the locker room, the guys that were interested in hip-hop culture, freestyling, going to the ring and watching the young guys get in the ring and work and critiquing people. He didn't have to do that. The show was going to start and end with him. He didn't have to do that. Taker didn't have to do that. Austin didn't have to do that. But they did. John Cena, if, if say John Cena now, he, he's, he's, of course he's not wrestling. I think he's going to come back and wrestle again. But he's doing great in Hollywood. He has not stopped doing wishes what brought him to the dance he's still doing think about all those mothers that they knew when they walked in the room with John Cena they knew their kid was going to pass away 
They knew it. They was like, thank you, John. They knew that all they kid wanted was to see John Cena and go to glory. He did that. That's the hardest thing for me. I told Dave, I don't know if I ever told you this, Bully, but I went to Sue Aitchison at WWE at the time, and I told her, I said, Sue, uh, I, I, can't, I can't do no more hospital visits. And you know when that happened? When? October 12, 2005. When I had my own kid, it hurt me too bad, too deep, to go and see terminally ill kids. Couldn't do it no more. Right. John did that shit every week. And this is the number one reason why I can't understand why any wrestling fan would ever dislike, hate anything about John Cena. Because listen, folks, it's sports enter- it's scripted sports entertainment. We know what it is. Okay. Granting 650 wishes is not scripted and it's not entertainment. It's very, very real. Very real. So if you, you know, the wrestling business at time is very dirty and very jaded and very tainted. But one of our guys, one of our own, has granted more wishes on this planet than anybody else. Yeah. That's twice as many. Twice as many, maybe three times as many as the next person. Be proud that you are a, you know, there's been so much negativity that surrounds pro wrestling and sometimes what goes on outside of the wrestling business, whether that's battles with drugs, alcohol, um, car accident, you, you name it. There's always something going on, but John Cena's positive and the 650 wishes you can be proud that you're a wrestling fan because one of ours is doing that for children all over the world. It's not Amen. a baseball player. It's not a football player. It's not a movie star. It's a professional wrestler. Yeah. And so you that's know, why the bully, guy will always be aces in my book. Bully, you that, that's a great uh, thing you just said right there. Like, he's one of ours. You know, they always say that failure is a bastard, but success has many fathers. We claim John not just because of his success, but because where has he been tarnished? It's like LeBron James. Those two guys, you don't hear about them being womanizers, alcoholics, Drinking and driving, they 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 gatekept and killed other people's careers. They they were just toxic, or whatever. You never hear it because it's not. I, I mean, I, I I've met LeBron James a couple of times. Good guy, really nice, but he's also more guarded than John. John walked through the airport. Shaking hands, kissing babies. And yeah, when you're eating, everybody have a moment where 
you eating and you like, hey, just just let me finish eating. I'll be more than happy to take a picture with you. That's not being mean. That's saying, hey, I'm a human being. Give me a give me a little give me a moment. Give me some space too. Give me the same respect you would get. John is a um he's a, he's a shining light in a business of ours that has not always been so bright, bully. And I told you, Ernie Ladd told me, he said, listen, man, you different. He said, you different. He said, a lot of black wrestlers that came before you made mistakes that they couldn't get forgiven for, and they never was able to take it to the top top. Ron Simmons helped that case. Booker T, The Rock, myself, Kofi Kingston, we were, we were able to we were able to go to the mountaintop. You know one of the common denominators with all those men that I just mentioned? Hmm. No troubles. Respected people. Sen- like sensitive. To causes, I mean, whether it's Black Lives Matters, All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matters, we're able to do all of it. And John is is like the the icon of icons in wrestling, as far as res- I mean, we say respect is in his credo. He respects the game. He loves this business, guys. I, I mean, you can hear it when he talks to Vince. He talks to Vince like Vince is his partner. <laughs> because he earned that. If I was Vince, I would listen to him too. Special, special guy, and he got a special show. Special treatment. And Bully, you said it a long time ago. And I adopted it. I stole it. I, I, I use it all the time. Thank you. I play favorites. I have my favorites. And I used to didn't do that until I heard you say it. So you know what? There's nothing wrong with me having some favorites. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have favorites. <laughs> we, we grow as kids. We grow up having a favorite food, a favorite toy, a favorite TV show, a favorite song, a favorite everything. So why can't we have favorites in wrestling? Yeah. In life, period. Yeah, there are certain talents I like more than others, personally and professionally. Hmm. Yeah, that was that was brought on by that comment that you made a year or so ago. Well, Mark, you mentioned several times in this interview about respect. And like you said, it's in his credo. You know, Bully said about fans hating on Cena. And I think it's more of fans were entertained or found fun in booing Cena. But I think every one of those people that booed Cena actually really respected Cena. And I think that's why now that Cena stepped away from wrestling... That everybody misses him. And we've said it before he walked away. We knew you're going to love him 
more when he's gone than you do right now. And you're going to miss him when he's gone. And I feel like not just the WWE universe, but the entire world of pro wrestling was better with John Cena in the ring. And I, I'll be it, the first to was. say I miss him. Yes. You know, I I definitely miss him in, in the ring. I miss him uh, doing the promos and, um, you know, the the thing that people hated is not something that you really should hate. I don't think they hated John. I think they just um, they they wanted they wanted somebody to have more of a, a edge. They wanted they wanted people to be down in the muck and mire with them, and John wasn't. He 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 wasn't that guy. Mark. We really appreciate the time. It's always great when you join the show and you share these uh, personal experiences. And thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and host of Black Diamonds, a Sirius XM original podcast. Right now on your podcast feed, I'm telling the story of the great Satchel Paige with Guardians pitcher Tristan McKenzie. To know what he meant to the city of Cleveland is huge to know that I could just drag on his coattails a little bit and feel like I'm a part of his legacy. Don't miss Black Diamonds, available now on the SXM app, included with all of our trials and popular plans or wherever you get your podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. 
Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. John Cena, 20-year celebration last night on Monday Night Raw. And somebody who's familiar with both those things, both Monday Night Raw and, of course, John Cena is our guest right now. And that is Mr. John Layfield, JBL. How are you, sir? How are you? And thank hey, you so I'm, much. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I'm doing doing fantastic. Didn't mean to cut you off. Lo- love you two guys. Love what you do. Big fan of both you guys. And I enjoy always calling you a grumpy old bastard, Dave, whether you're I, yeah, grumpy I, or not. We we debated whether you were old, but uh, it's just fun. It's a it's a it's a loving phrase. <laughs> well, thank you for giving us the time this morning and being a friend of the show. And you know, we are one of the first people uh, we thought of was you to come on on this day to talk about John Cena because, man, John Cena. Obviously, you had some wars with John Cena, but there's probably no bigger professional than the last twenty years of John Cena. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, if you say, is he the GOAT? Uh, he certainly is in the debate of the GOAT. You know, it's hard to compare errors. You know, how do you compare Cena with San Martino, who you owned the garden for, you know, 10 years? Uh, but he, to me, he's the best representative our business has ever seen. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, 650 make-a-wishes. He gave a million dollars of his own money to social inequity to help solve the problems in society. He's just one of the best, most respectful guys I've ever been around. And he is the most best representative of this business that I've ever seen. John, you're a person uh, who has done so much charity work on your own. Can you give a different perspective or shine some different light on what it truly means for one of our own in John Cena to, to have granted so many wishes and, and, you know, and, and what it takes out of a person to, to, to be able to do that, uh, and give so much of themselves and their time to children in need. Bubba, you've seen how these guys, where they are when they're champion, especially the babyface champions. I mean, they don't have a second of time that that is their own. And for them to de- dedicate and donate that time that they do have to do something for others, just because they want to, because they can, you know, it's boots on the ground. You know, people say, how do you make a difference in kids' lives? Boots on the ground. You know, a lot of guys will give their name. A lot of guys will give their money, which is very valuable. Both of those are very valuable. But few guys are like John Cena who will give his name, who will definitely give his money, and will also have boots on the ground where he shows up day in and day out to help others. It's a remarkable achievement that John has done, and especially considering his schedule. You know, Bully mentioned you, John, about all the charity work you've done. And you have no problem getting your hands dirty and helping others, which you have done in the past. And we appreciate that. But we had Mark Henry on before. Mark talked about all the the make-a-wish that he has done over the years. And so many, as you pointed out. The emotional toll that that must take to do those wishes. I know it's rewarding, but at the same time, to see people in that state, to see young children in that state, it's got to take a toll. And because of his stardom, he has been able to do that over and over again. Yeah, and to have 650 make-a-wishes, and and a lot of those young kids didn't make it, you know, unfortunately. You know, and and when you see those kids, that's the best they're going to be probably for the rest of their life because they're, they're meeting their idol. They're meeting John Cena. They're meeting Randy Orton or meeting uh, whoever it is that they, that they're most important in their life to them. That's the best they're going to be 
And then to hear a word, you know, a few months later that maybe this young person has passed away, that's got to be an incredible toll psychologically on uh, somebody. I, I couldn't imagine having done that 650 times. John, what type of relationship did you have with John, uh, both professionally and personally? I think it was very good. Uh, you know, John would have to answer his side of it. But, you know, a few uh, years ago, he was he had got a bus, you know, like everybody does now. And uh, he said, hey, ride with me to the next town. It was just kind of his way of saying thanks. He's done that with several guys. He sent me a random text, you know, several years ago. He said, just a random thanks for everything you've done. You know, he's, he's one of the most respectful guys I've certainly ever been around. And he had some moonshine that night, which uh, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still about half blind over. But it was a lot of fun. John, John's a good guy. You know, since he first came in, he's been a good guy. You know, everybody's always liked him. He's always been the guy that people go to. He's very calm. He's very even-headed. And uh, as far as I know, we've always had a great relationship. I've certainly liked him. You know, you said when he first came in, did you see the potential of him being the star that he turned out to be in the WWE? I don't think the magnitude of being a star, but being a star, yes, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, it's a world of difference between going eight-minute match. Any, anybody can do that and be trained to do that. You know, you go out there, you start the match, get a little heat, you go home. To do a 30-minute match is difficult, and that's really deep water because now you got to go on a roller coaster and you're into the unknown. I think maybe John had done a 30-minute before with main event with Kurt Angle, who's also one of the greatest of all times like John is. Uh, but I was the first – the first or second and Vince pulled me aside and asked me, he goes, how is he? And I said, he's your guy. And Vince was really surprised, happily surprised. He had no feeling one way or the other. And uh, he said, really? I said, yeah, he's, he's that good. Now I never dreamed he'd be a 16 time world champion. Yeah. I don't think anybody did, but I think I I could tell right away that this was the guy that they needed going forward. John specifically, what made you tell Vince, that John was the guy. What did you feel in him in that ring that made you put such a stamp of approval on him? It was just a knack. You know, maybe it's because he's a second generation. I don't know. He just has a knack for the business. He has a knack for doing promos, you know. And I never would tell him, you know, it's typical old guy stuff. You know, you're you're mentoring a younger guy. I never would tell him what we're going to do in the match. He'd come over and say, what are we doing? I said, I'll tell him to finish. I'll see you out there. And that was it. We'd go out there 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it was. He never said a word. And, you know, at times he would offer a spot or things like that, but it never was a panic where, hey, what are we doing? He was, okay, see you out there. He'd laugh and talk about it. He just had a feel. You know, he, he would do stuff in a match where he would sell the right way. You know, he wouldn't sell away from me. You know, guy sells away from me, he kills the heat. He would take his bump, he would end up selling right toward it. It was just a knack that you normally get being in the business a lot longer than he was. You know, Bully and I were talking about earlier on in the show that it must have been a bit of a burden for him because you think about it, the Attitude Era was so crazy and it was an era that the fans absolutely loved and enjoyed. And then for the WWE, they did an about face and had more of a PG product and Cena was the face of that PG product. So there are, that was embracing a lot of new fans, but also a lot of older fans did not like that new change in product. And he, him being the face of it had to take the brunt of all that. Yeah. Anytime you have a territory that goes a little too far, whether that's cage matches or language or whatever it is, you got to scale back at some point. Nobody wants to be the guy when you're scaling back because that guy has the toughest role. John Cena had the toughest role carrying the company of anybody who's carried the company. You're talking about San Martino and Hogan, Rock, Stone Cold, Roman, all these guys. Cena had by far the hardest role. 
In the Attitude Era, you go out there and say absolutely anything. In his era, he had to be PG. And at one point, PG, not PG-13, PG. It was a really tough role, and not many people really wanted it. Uh, and not many, and fewer could handle it. He handled it and handled it very well. John, when it came to fans and the backlash that John had gotten from fans over the years, why do you think this happened? Why the revolt against John Cena? I think because he was just too good. You know, he's a good-looking guy. He's got this great body, and he puts out great matches, and he has incredible promos, by the way. You know, if if they're out, if you're, the fans are sitting there controlling your promo, you don't know how to cut a promo. You know, they 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 want to they want to start their chants and stuff, and they stop you. You got to lead them. Cena would go out there when you have the entire arena chanting either "Let's go, Cena." Cena sucks. By the time he's five minutes in that promo, everybody is into whatever he's saying. I saw him do it night after night after night. I saw him do it against me, but I saw him when I was doing commentary and I commentated most of his matches. It was absolutely incredible. And I think people just disliked him because, they, for one, they couldn't control it. And, two, he was a great departure from the beer drinking, middle finger, and the cussing from the rock and stone cold and the attitude error. And I think they kind of wanted, we want the attitude error back. Instead, we've got this really good guy who's a very good wrestler and very good at doing everything. We, we want him to curse. And he, and he wouldn't do it. He never changed, which was great. Is there one moment or one match that comes to mind when you think of John Cena? There were several. I mean, as far as, far as me, uh, the, the I Quit match, to me, was I thought what I wanted for John. You have to almost go through a little hell. You know, Triple H had to go through hell with Mick Foley. Uh, you have to go through a little hell to, to reach that level and, and have the credibility. And I knew John could do it. I knew John was tough. I knew John could do the hardcore style. We'd done some Wild West stuff on the live events. And I wanted to show people that how good he was. And I was very happy when that match was uh, done, that uh, he had showed everybody uh, exactly how good he was. And to me, that was a big step for him that he needed to take. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by you got to go through a little bit of hell? Yeah, you look at Triple H. I think he's a perfect example. Here was this blue blood guy who was a very good worker, very good promo, very smart guy. And he had to show in there somewhere that he's a tough guy, that he could be the champion. And no matter what your character is, I don't care if you're the chicken shit heel like a honky tonk man or a Sergeant Slaughter during the Iraqi war or a JBL, you had to show you're tough. And at some point you can beat up somebody. And that's what Triple H did with Mick Foley. That's what Cena did with me. At some point, every champion has to go walk through hell a little bit, even when you're the beg off heel, just to show people that you've got it in you. Because another thing that people don't like is when they realize, you know what, this is a tough guy, especially if it's a heel, and you, and you don't act tough. You're going like, come on, man, you're tougher than that. Why'd you cheat? You know, but for Cena being a babyface, he needed that, I, I believe, to show that he was a legit tough guy, not just this big, good-looking guy with this great body who cuts a great promo. You know, uh, you guys are both talking about how fans did boo John Cena, and he got a lot of boos. Does it surprise you at all that now that he's kind of stepped away, that everybody just loves and embraces John Cena? Yeah, it's a little hypocritical. You know, they were all bashing <laughs> the living heck out of him uh, you know, not too many years ago. Then a guy disappears and you realize what you're missing. And yep. then I think that uh, that is what people have now. They, they, you know, anybody who's been around a long time, who's got a great catalog of work, eventually becomes a fan favorite. He was always a fan favorite, but half the crowd wanted to chant Cena sucks. Now that half is rethinking what they're saying. 
John, by any chance, did you catch Raw last night? No, I didn't. I'm in Maine. I'm all, I will watch it, but I, I didn't watch it last night. I just, uh, you know, we were, we were talking about earlier about Cena's very first night uh, uh, on Monday Night Raw, smacking Kurt Angle, having that moment with The Undertaker. And last night, Austin Theory got to get in John Cena's face. And I thought he knocked it out of the park um, and, and really went for the jugular. Um, what does it say about the confidence of a talent like a John Cena to be so giving of his character to a younger talent? Well, I saw a part of a clip on social media of what you're talking about. So I didn't get to see a show I'm on a, a golf trip up in, up in Maine. Uh, and I will watch it, but I, it'll be later in the week. Uh, I think it's a matter of respect and it's a matter of what goes on in this business. You know, Cena got that from Angle, who was very giving to him. Cena got that from Undertaker, who was the guy and was very giving to him. And when it comes to your turn, you're either a jerk or you're going to be respectful and you're going to do it the right way. And that are really your only two options. And Cena has always done it the right way. And I just think – I think it's a confidence that guys like Angle, guys like Undertaker, guys like Cena, guys like Shawn Michaels, who has a losing record at WrestleMania, Triple H, who has an incredible losing record at WrestleMania. I think those guys are so good, they know they can go out there and be giving and make other guys. Well, John, we really appreciate the time this morning. Thank you so much because the stories and sharing about John Cena, that's what we've been doing today. And so grateful that you were able to join us this morning. Hey, I love you too, guys. It's always great to see you. So thanks for having me on. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks the SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 